to your new favorite podcast, Girl, Who's to Say, where a couple of femmes talk feminism um, regarding kind of current events, new topics, world news, and we come at it with an intersectional feminist lens while we're talking about these fun subjects with you folks. Um, my name's Rachel. I'm here with my beautiful, sexy, um, energetic, talented co-host, Shannon. Ooh, wow. <laughs> really buttered the floor for my entrance there. Thank you. You're Hello, everybody. <laughs> no, I'm a hype man first. I'm a podcaster second. We were also joined by Rachel's cat, but um, she decided to not be part of our test subject today. Yeah, I mean, she may not be really into the, the subject matter, but she might come back. We she doesn't like to talk politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't talk politics around the family. <laughs> so um, today we're talking about COVID-19. And obviously it's been the biggest topic in world news, U.S. news, whatever news, um, for the better part of 2020, um, unfortunately. So we're going to be talking about um, its impact specifically on the LGBTQ community um, and, you know, focusing on people of color would obviously be ideal and um, black folks that are part of the queer community and just specifically how the COVID restrictions, um, the health issues affect them. And even some kind of uh, international lens, because I kind of wanted to start us off here with this really interesting article from Hungary, if you don't mind. Oh, yes. All right. <laughs> so um, the article is called Hungary Government Proposes Gay Adoption Ban as COVID-19 Worsens. So this is by Christina Than in Budapest. I found this on um, usnews.com, and it was written on November 11th of this year. So apparently... Hungary's right-wing government is trying to pass legislation that would essentially ban adoption by same-sex couples, as well as a constitutional amendment requiring children to be raised with a Christian interpretation of gender roles. Wow. So I think that we can all assume what that means. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> the boys like blue, and they play baseball. The girls like pink, and they like to play Barbie and house and whatnot, which may be true, but we should let the kids choose that for themselves, in my humble opinion. don't really think the government should be getting involved. <laughs> right. Um, don't get involved with my Barbie's government. Okay. I Okay. No, stay really? my let me let me dress them how I how I'd like to dress them. Thank you. <laughs> Don't enforce your gender roles on my Barbies. No, please. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> well, it was just. I mean, I found this. Obviously, this is a huge um, step against <laughs> human rights and regarding queer yeah. folks in in Hungary. Um, but I guess it's especially being called out as an attack on the LGBT community when COVID nineteen meant that they could not protest. So apparently, um, the Hatter Right group. The Hatter Rights Group said that the timing of this legislation is no coincidence. The proposals that severely limit legal rights and go against basic international and European human rights were submitted at a time when protests are not allowed. So apparently the government was targeting queer folks instead of dealing with the pandemic. And this has been going on since as early as May when um, I guess the Hungry government ban gender changes and personal documents. So that's um, driver's licenses, um, passports, all that good jazz. So um, trans folks are being um, obviously discriminated against for the most part in that regard. Um, and there was, a, there was a serious issue apparently that the Hungary government had with um, children's books that portrayed diversity positively. So only negative portrayals of diversity in my yes. Hungarian government. That is, uh, I 
mean, it's just really, it, it obviously seems like there's, they're just taking more steps. I mean, the gender ban and now this during, you know, mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate during this whole global pandemic that we're just gonna use that as a, a way to just, you know, sneak in some, some other rule now that's also going against people's human rights, you know, and then to add on top of, you know, a Christian household mandate. I mean, how are they even, how are they even going to check on stuff like that? I mean, it right. just seems like, you know, to, to me, it seems of course ridiculous, but it's obviously a very real reality, um, that these people are facing. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we, we face it here, um, in the United States and in, in our LGBTQ community. Um, and I just, uh, you know, I feel bad. I feel bad that they have no right to protest. At least, mm -hmm. you know, we were able to, like you were saying earlier, when we were a part of, you know, this whole Black Lives Matter movement that is still going on. And I'm just, uh, you know, at least we were able to go do, you know, protests and have our voices be heard. And they're just being completely silenced. Yes. Hashtag um, justice for Breonna Taylor. Yes. Still has to happen. Probably never will. But we're still going to keep hashtagging. Yes, that we definitely are. <laughs> So yeah, I just I, I found it obviously really interesting that it, it's it's clearly very sneaky that they're trying to slide this in um, at points when it's very strict restrictions against gatherings, so protests are not likely to be allowed um, under citing not you know anti-protest rules, but citing obviously the COVID um, restrictions of, of gathering in large groups of people. So not only is that super sneaky of them to take advantage of that for, it's just really negligent that they are spending more time trying to think of creative ways to pass bigoted legislation instead of handling the pandemic yes. and servicing the people that are dealing with a huge health crisis, you know? Definitely. Like, what, what, why are you putting all of your stones in this one basket or eggs or whatever the metaphor is? <laughs> <laughs> Something <laughs> in a basket. Why yeah. don't we focus more on what is killing people right. instead of having diversity shown positively in children's books? I mean... Come on, folks. I feel like that's a pretty, pretty, like, um, basic, you know, question. I don't think I'm asking a little bit too much here. Am I asking too much? No, I, I, I don't think you're asking anything at all. Listeners, am I asking too much? <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. Well, I'll pass that along to Budapest. Right. <laughs> so I know that, um, Shannon, you found some interesting stuff about COVID and its impact. I think, um, this is more, um, U.S.-centric, if I'm correct. Uh, yes. Um, it definitely is this article that I found um, was titled Increased Barriers to Gender Affirming Medical Care and Legal Rights, and this was uh, pertaining to the LGBTQ community and the ER. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I, like I feel like you need to explain. <laughs> okay, so I was about to say the ERGO community when I meant to say the TGNB community, the transgender non-binary Binary, um, and when I say ERGO, there's no acronym there. I was just, you know, look, looking at my notes here, and I wrote ergo instead of therefore, you know, trying to be, I don't know what I was trying to be, cool in my own brain, I don't know. What kind of LGBTERGO yeah. <laughs> yes. kind of? I, 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 I do, I sound here? like, you know, I sound like a, a very uninformed person trying to explain something, but really, I'm But just, ergo. <laughs> but ergo, um, you know, we're, we're really actually talking about the TGNB community here with this. Um, and their increased barriers to gender affirming, affirming, excuse me, medical care um, and, and legal rights. Question. So TGNB, um, you said that that's the transgender non-binary community, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, so you know, basically, um, this article just covered how obviously, you know, already being, you know, financially unstable or poor. I mean, it already increases your chance of infection. Mm -hmm. um, our numbers are skyrocketing in the United States. 
and you know the TGNP and the LGBTQIA community are already very poorly taken care of by our government. Um, you Amen. know, elsewhere in this world and and here and here as well. Um, you know, in 2015, um, National Transgender Discrimination Survey found that TGN people were unemployed at three times the rate of the general population. Um, and there's this counterpart. So higher rates of poverty than, you know, than everybody else, basically. And right. um, th than most groups. And um, then if you're, you know, low, not being employed at very high rates, it's unlikely that you're getting access to very good health care as exactly. well. A lot of people depend on their jobs in order to get that in the U.S. at least. Exactly. And, you know, with our current president and, and this, this whole climate of... of you know, his followers, if you will, I mean, it's very diff it's been very difficult for uh, TGNB people to even to even be employed in the first place. So when things like the shutdown happens, and uh, everybody else is able to collect unemployment, and, you know, these people that are, that are human beings with heartbeats that live in, you know, our country are being denied medical care, um, mm -hmm. and they're dying at, at quicker rates. And it's, it's honestly very sad to see, because this is also, you know, my community and and Rachel's community as well. So it's just um Yeah, I don't know if you mentioned, but we are queer folks. That's why we kind of like to have a little we had the little blurb of femmes talk feminism. So right. we're a couple of femme queers living in Columbus, Ohio. And so that's why this topic is really important to us. Um I know both of us um lost our jobs due to COVID. Yeah. Um and you know we're white cis gays so like we're kind of at the top of the the adversity totem pole in the queer community. Right. And so seeing how much it's hit us um, and at our privileged position that we are already in, I know that it's hit um, our queer brothers and sisters of color, our trans brothers and sisters. By the way, I'm pretty sure it's Trans Day of Remembrance or Awareness. So yeah. we love you, trans folks. We yes. love you, black trans folks. We love you, trans folks of color. Just throwing that out there. A plug to my trans community yes. out there. We love you. <laughs> we, love you. <laughs> we are not sponsored, but we will sponsor you with our love <laughs> and appreciation. <laughs> hey, fucking men. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's just, you know, getting back to, unfortunately, the, you know, the negative side of all of this mm -hmm. is, you know, it's just, especially for healthcare, um, I mean, postponement of non-emergency medical care and just, you know, emergency medical care. Um, especially for the few months of COVID during March and April, during the shutdown, um, you know, people of color and um, our TGNB community were, were really lacking, um, you know, medical care and medical assistance. Uh, people with gender dysphoria, for example, like they really need to plan ahead to access like the necessary um, interventions uh, that they need, you know, to feel themselves as a person, you know, like top surgery um, and procedures like that are usually not covered by insurance and require a, people to write appeals for coverage because they're not even able to be insured anyway because they are just not looked upon as as equals. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, this is causing prolonged suffering for an already challenging process um, and people that are already being extremely emotionally challenged and right. hit by this pandemic on top of it. So it's it really seems to all be going hand in hand in a really terrible way. Yeah, I mean, know? it's just the that simple but so, like, important message of you deserve basic human rights is just not, you know, being honored for a lot of people in the queer community. And I feel like this is the exact situation that brings, you know, that, that makes, dis, you know, disenfranchised folks more at risk. So, you know, when we're talking about how, you know, everyone's just annoyed that they have to wear a mask or whatever, yeah. the implications of this, this health pandemic are so much more when we think about 
you know, the folks that are really at risk and the people that don't really have a voice in a lot of the mainstream media, um, you know, that we are able to digest and that actually gets projected. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I do think that there has been this like huge movement and people are really stepping up um, for, you know, black people and any people of color and all of our LGBTQIA, TGNB, um, you know, uh, friends out there, ERGO, maybe, <laughs> and uh, ergo, um, you know, that's been really, really fucking awesome to see, I think, yeah. you know, I mean, um, the community, when we were protesting, and it was, everything was still shut down, mostly, or just, just reopening with all these new restrictions, I mean, I've never seen a more, I've never felt safer in such a large gathering during this pandemic, I mean, my first time out at a restaurant, I was scared shitless, way more than I was, um, at this protest with, you know, yeah. what, hundreds, thousands of, I don't, I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of amazing to see. Um, so that was, that was cool about it. The, you know, the silver lining, which isn't going to cure anything, but it's, you know, the one good thing that I can look back on at least. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that sense of community was so huge and it was, it was early on in this timeline of, of living during the, this pandemic, but I just, I, I remember us being so, happy and um happily surprised that everyone was wearing masks i got a couple of really cool free masks during that yeah they were passing <laughs> it out so even if you already have masks you got more and there was a lot of just respect for one another's well-being and i mean that's what the whole point of wearing a mask is right is respecting other people because it helps you not pass it on to others like yes. it's more of a a safety precaution that helps others rather than yourself as yes. much. Obviously, it helps both ways. Yeah. So I just feel like so that's why a really not? important <laughs> mindset is to like it helps you, it helps yourself, it helps the other person. I mean, really, why just help people for goodness' sake? Just stop being, a, you know, ever just stop being a bitch. Stop being a bitch about it. Stop crying about yes, it. Yes, you know, yes. it's a it's a piece of fabric. <laughs> it's a piece of fabric, as Mr. Talbasage would say. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of want to close this out. Um, for just a big shout out to our um, LGBTQ um, and trans non- non-binary <laughs> people of color um, and specifically the youths that are living right now. So um, yes. underage queer folks that maybe are living in families that are not the most supportive. I know it's really difficult for your mental health. Um, the Trevor Project came out um, in April 2020 with a really interesting information just regarding that um, about like the the specific implications of COVID-19 for LGBTQ youth. Um, and they were focusing on mental health and suicide prevention during this specific time. And for living situations and for your social situations in COVID, um, when we're restricted for the most part to our homes um, and maybe with your youth to um, your family, you know, parents, guardians, and there is a big... Um, there's been a lot less positive social interaction um, for our queer youth right now. So they may be stuck in in some really unsupportive family environments. Isolation. Isolation, may not have access to to like-minded, you know, folks their own age. Yes. And Just that really very is Very detrimental. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. And so we really need to, like, be there for um, the kids, the queer yeah. kids that Reach are, out. Are, are being kind of isolated right now. And we need to use social media. We need to use the internet to try to do everything we can to make those kids feel loved, appreciated. Yeah. And, um... Um, you know, by the way, really quick yeah. about the Trevor Project, there is, in case you guys didn't know, I think, I don't know if this started before the pandemic, but because everything is now over the phone or 
online, you can actually sign up to be a volunteer um, uh, for their crisis hotline. Um, you barely have to commit any hours, and you can also choose the op you can choose the option to do the phone, um, where you are actually speaking to people. But you can also choose the option to do the chat, the text chat, um, which I think is really cool. Uh, if you could just go on their website and click, you know, volunteer opportunities, it's it's right there. Um, you know, they 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 do give you a little online interview, ask you some questions, but it's a really good way, like Rachel was saying, to stay connected. Um, you know, with our youth, uh, LGBTQ, because they're, they're definitely, I, I, I know that they're struggling a right. lot, definitely. And I mean, like, a lot of them depend on school to get that social interaction, to get regular meals, to yeah. get, you know, any sort of positive social interactions they just don't have access to right now. So we just need to keep them in mind. Um, and, you know, to, in order to do that, especially centering um, Black queer folks, um, we're going to put in our description um, a number of organizations that you can give to, that you can look into, um, that help donate um, to queer folks that are really being affected by COVID-19. As we've, yes. you know, talked about today, it's clearly an issue. And I think if you talk to the queer folks in your life and, you know, reach out to spaces on the internet that maybe aren't normally traveled by you yeah. in order to get, you know, some some perspective on how this is affecting, you know, folks that may be different from you, that may be similar to you, just kind of trying to get an outside perspective of exactly how widespread COVID-19 is in its effects on our amazing humans in yeah, this world. definitely. And the bad ones. We're all struggling right now. So it's really important to center those kids, those, you know, the black folks, the trans folks, yeah. um, and just queer people in general. Um, especially when they're living under kind of more right-wing governments, like yeah. we happen to be, like maybe um, kids in Poland, Hungary, um, and all that good stuff. Like, if you're under suppressive government action, it's really important to try to stay connected to other folks and so via social media or what have you if you can't actually physically be with each other, just to have positive interactions, you know. Definitely. Good, good surroundings. And this community has always been so overlooked that I think it is time to shine a huge light um, from us as our own community and from everybody else as uh, supporters. So I hope that... You know that can keep happening. Or, yes. Well, or I mean, start it's to up, happen. It's up or, to us. You know. so it's up to you guys. So if we, you know, we need to give back to the people that need it most. So yeah. Well, I think we did pretty good today. Yeah, I do too. Conversation. Yeah. Stay safe, everybody. Yep. Thanks for listening to Girl. Who's to say? Um, this has been <laughs> Rachel and Shannon, your two favorite queer folks living mm -hmm. in, in humble Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> um, make sure to check out the description for this episode to look into organizations that you can donate to to help queer folks in need. Um, or maybe where you live or all around the world. So thanks for listening. We love you and stay cute. <laughs> stay cute. Mm.